You're listening to the Eight for Comics podcast, sponsored by StashMyComics.com and our local comic book shop in Roanoke, Virginia, BNDComics.com. And now, here's your hosts, Matt Barrett and Neil Rittman. Hello, everybody out there. Thank you for sticking around. If you are loyal listeners, we apologize for the delay. We are finally at episode 23. And as always, I am still Matt Barrett. And with me is... Neil Rickman. Hi, y'all. Neil Rickman is recovering from the flu. I'm sorry. Happy to be here. Yes, he's happy to be alive, I guess. Double true. (laughs) I'm not ashamed to say, Neil... I am. Guess what kind of headphones I'm wearing today? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, some old Sony Walkmans. I don't know. No, it's even. It's it's weirder. Um, my headphones lost like the rubber edging around the ears, so they feel like daggers going into my ears. So I yeah. asked my daughter, could I borrow her Pinkie Pie headphones? Nice. So that's what I've got. So are they the big over-the-ear headphones or what? They're a little bit smaller. They're for smaller ears, but I see. Um, they work out fine just the same. Nice. <laughs> so we it's been a while since we've gotten together. I think we're going to cover just a little bit of news. Uh, we did uh, trade some books over the past month or two, so we're going to be talking about some Bloodshot, and we're going to be talking about some Harley Quinn and of course, as promised, we are going to gush on Manifest Destiny. Um, this is a book you should be reading, everybody. Um, not just because we know Matt Roberts and he's a good guy, uh, but because it is a very good book. And we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that later. I was going to say they should be. I mean, Matt Roberts, if you ever meet him, is such a nice guy. But it's it's kind of alarming because – the stuff that's been drawn in this book, I'm like, where's it coming from? He's so nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, what in his mind is doing this? I don't know. So yeah, there's reminds me a little bit of you. What's with the mats having this dark inner child? <laughs> don't know. So it's kind of wild. Well, you want to go ahead and uh, cover some news, and then we'll and then we'll do the comic swap, and then as a special feature, we're just going to talk a little bit about. Uh, some things we've been digging lately because a lot of I know you've been switching around your pull list and so have I so we'll end the show sort of with that Uh, yes I've been air juggling the old pull list as usual Yep. as to to use gaming terminology Uh, (laughs) so how about I just bounce some things off of you as far as new stuff I've kind of dug around on and we're late on I know but it's things that I thought maybe we should discuss how we thought about them okay And, uh, you know, first thing I'm going to hit is the Vision being cast in Avengers. And if I murder his name, Paul Bettany, who we know as uh, the voice of Jarvis mm-hmm. in all the Iron Man films and Avengers, anything Robert Downey's been in as Iron Man, gotcha. the Jarvis voice actually has a face. There's actually a person. Hmm. Um, and uh, look at him. He's been in movies like Master and Commander, Beautiful Mind, uh, <laughs> cra- Crazy the Tourist. Right stuff. Um, he looking at his picture, I can so see it. Hmm. Like on IMDb, I can really, I could see them. Um, I guess bald capping it or something. Right. Because he's got very short blonde hair anyway, 
and his face could I could see him as a vision. I'm I'm definitely gonna have to look that up. See, I've been so out of the loop. And you know, when I heard about the Ultron thing, I was of course excited, but I didn't the vision didn't even come into my mind. And now that like this is happening, I'm even more excited for this movie because that is a character that really intrigues me. I'm not picking up Avengers AI, but I did uh, pick up the first issue of that and loved it. And so that's one I'm going to be getting on trade for sure. But I, I love the character of the Vision, so I'm super psyched that we're going to get this in Avengers too. Yeah, I I don't uh, I'm not as big on him, but I've it's it, it's a character that I think resonates with uh, some a select group. And I, I think that uh, the folks are very – they're all eyes for Visions fans have now you – know, this is in great attention. I think this will be awesome. I'm not even yeah. really a, a big Vision guy, I guess. Um, I think he's a cool character, but I just never fell into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just as a comic fan, this guy's voice alone – I mean, if he carries that presence that's in that Jarvis voice into the Vision – right. I think we're in for a ride with that. That'll be good. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, that movie's it, quietly yeah. ramping up to be uh, the huge blockbuster it is. You know, and in the, in the middle of this, we've got uh, the second Captain America, the, the second Spider-Man, which looks odd to me. Okay, yeah, I was going to actually bounce those off you. And what did you think of, uh, we'll start with Winter Soldier too. What do you think uh, that looks like? I thought that looked very solid. I mean, I think we all pretty much know who the villain is. Um, but uh, I like the fact that Falcon's in it. That was a great surprise to my son. He was like, who's the guy with the metal wings? I was like, that's Falcon. He's like, but they're metal and he's not red. I'm like, well, you know, that's how they do for the movies. So, And then, of course, we got Black Widow. And um, But yeah, I... From what I've seen so far, I'm more excited about Winter Soldier than I was for the first Captain America movie. So, uh, you know, the real villain for me is Bartok the Leaper. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about this Winter Soldier cat. Um, but yeah. He has a mask and a metal hand. He's a. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, all Captain America it's... could really gather about him. He's strong, to, he's fast, and he has a metal hand. I uh, no, the, the Winter Soldier is awesome. Uh, that honestly was, for current Captain America, was the jumping on point for me. Uh, Brubaker totally drew me into that run. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited because Brubaker himself said, um, not trying to be biased, but he's seen like pretty much, I guess, the rough cut or the full movie mm-hmm. uh, and said that the fight scene in it is perhaps the best fight scene he's ever seen in cinema. Wow. Um, that's He's pretty harsh, I think, from what I've gathered from uh, some of the ramblings online. Right. Like, not harsh, but critical. Right. So it's not easy for him to – I don't think you get that from him easily. Uh, and I'm, I'm interested in seeing the action. I oh, think yeah. it's going to be insane. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because the first Captain America was largely a, a setup. I mean, we did see a fair amount of action in that, but I think we're going to see uh, a ton more. Even from the previews, you could just tell that this was going to be a little bit more action-packed. We don't have to go and tell the core story anymore. Um, so that's good. What what about Spider-Man 2? Well, before I touch on that, I just want to – I found the name for the uh, – the is it MMA Fighter? 
or no, it's a UFC welterweight. George St. Pierre oh, is yeah. playing. It's an actual UFC fighter playing Bartok the Lieber. So, oh wow, he, he's a Frenchman. I guess he was like, I want to be the French bad guy. So I don't <laughs> right. Know. I don't. They probably picked him for that. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how that went. That would have been an interesting talk to be in on. But yeah, how do you feel like fighting Captain America? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I do remember the lead-in for that in the book. I remember Bartok's part leading into Winter Soldier, or was a part of it. And I thought it was a really neat uh, layout, how they did on that fight. It actually sticks in my mind. It's weirder that a scene with Bartok the Leaper hmm. sticks in my mind. It also, I guess it makes sense for me to like cast like this cool fighter in that role. Yeah, definitely. Amazing Spider-Man. Now, I forget, were you, uh, were you big on the first one? I did. I loved. I loved the first one. It it got me liking Spider Man again. Not that I didn't like what Tobey Maguire did, but I liked this take on it. But I'm a little uneasy about this second one. I think I think they're suffering from what Spider Man Three suffered from, frankly, and that's just too much going on in one movie. Time will tell. It might be great. I don't know. That's my only worry. Is uh, I feel this. I guess I got the same vibe as I'm worried, and maybe it's because of Three. That we're worried they're overly being overly ambitious. Yeah. From all the rumblings I've seen, from all the the teasers we've seen, like you've seen the vultures' wings and Doc Ock's arms in the background of that one scene where they're going through, it. You know, let's take time. There's something to be said that they don't hit on enough. They don't, and I don't know who doesn't voice this. I don't know who we should arrest. Right. <laughs> but there's something to be said for giving the characters you're going to use the heart. Yeah, you know, fleshing them out before you just throw them up there, mm -hmm. and because uh, without it, it just feels hollow. Yeah, and yeah, and you end up with, I mean, pretty much what you had in three. Yeah, you know, a watered down Venom. You know, bless Lowell for trying <laughs> from for for giving us a, a halfway. I thought he was an excellent Sandman for what they gave him. No, I I loved the Sandman part of that movie. Yeah. And I even think the Venom, like I said, was okay. It's just there was too much uh, split up. They didn't give it enough time to flesh out, and that's what I'm worried about with this one. So I thought Topher Grace, uh, I could have handled him being Carnage. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, being that his build, you know, you know, skinny Carnage, yeah. But Venom needed to be kind of hulking, and I just didn't, you know. Yeah. I, and I'm not saying, please God, don't cast Brock Lesnar. But that kind of build, you know, like a Tom Hardy build almost. Yeah. And, you know, everybody wants to cast him in everything now. We've talked about this. Um, I would even love to see him as a live-action goon, but well, that's just me. <laughs> we know he's going to be Elton John, so that's going to be a switch. I didn't hear that. I think you told me and I forgot. Yeah, he's, he's a chameleon. I'm telling you, he can play anything. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, well, let's switch off the movie news. And you had mentioned uh, to me before the show started about Dark Horse possibly teaming up with Nintendo uh, to sort of recoup some of their Star Wars losses. You got any more on that? Um, yeah, it's something I, I uh, saw just scanning down on uh, Facebook from Comic Book Resources. I'll credit them for that uh, and thank them. But uh, I was just scanning down through there, and I, I saw, like, a picture of Link, you know, a big crazy zelda right. pictures and uh that to me uh, yeah. you know whether it's real or not i think it might just be in talks it might actually already be signed i don't know right but the idea of it to me is uh it's natural 
if you yeah. look at Dark Horse and what they've already done with video game books, they've done uh, Mass Effect comics. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot of stuff for EA as far as their Dragon Age stuff. Then they actually did a Last of Us comic. Yeah. And they've been decent. They they've they handle their treatments pretty well and it doesn't hurt the fact that they're getting a lot of the game's writers to actually write the material. Yeah. Um and I, that I, being said, they they actually put out a uh, legend like of Hyrule type big guidebook already. Mm-hmm. Like Dark Horse published this for Nintendo already. Right. So I think they've already kind of shook hands in the past and it feels, you know, Nintendo's kind of struggling. Dark yeah. Horse is kind of reeling from this. I think it's a good partnership. Yeah. They could definitely benefit from I, – I, I think I'm not a big Link or Zelda fan or anything of, the, of that. That was not a game that I played growing up, but I understand the appeal for it, and I could definitely see them putting out some sort of a, a serious, maybe a Lord of the Ring-ish sort of uh, title with that. I don't know how they would handle Mario. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean I – I think it could all be done um, – like imagine if they could get Franco to do Mario. Right. I mean that's the type of thing I think. Like that – you would definitely have to go more I think into a Darwin Cook art style <laughs> or something. Right. You know, a very – or uh, Bruce Tim. Yeah. Some guys I'll bring back up when we oh, talk yeah. about Bruce books Tim. later. But uh, it's – I think it can all be done a certain way, and I think if they do it – Smart that it will go over very well, and it will actually give us a better all-age selection from Dark Horse. Correct. And that's something I think they are a little bit lacking in. I mean, they've done some things. Right. But uh, I think that'll open up some new venues. Okay. I, I would look forward to something like, say, uh, ah, it'd be so awesome if they'd like an Earthbound series, which I'm sure that would be tough to do because they can't even really... They're, okay, we're not going to get into all that. <laughs> but, like, you know, Earthbound, Star Fox, just some of the big names that gamers have been foaming at the mouth for. It's yeah. That would definitely things. be a great avenue for them to bring some of that back and uh, certainly ignite some creativity from some writers and artists alike. I would be happy. You would be very happy, especially a Star Fox. I'd be double broke. <laughs> awesome yeah well we can move on from news that's enough news right yeah there's nothing else going on in the world but we do have some comic swap to talk about so let's go on to the comic swap come on down to the comic swap okay yeah the comic swap (laughs) I got that on record too. So, <laughs> the comic swap has new theme music, courtesy of Neil. Oh uh, yeah. And we Crying decided Man to tr- we traded well, kind of a massive trade. I would say you uh, loaned me all of your Bloodshot trades as well as up to issue sixteen, which is uh, now called Bloodshot and the Hardcores. So I yes. would like to. Get into some of that first. Uh, by the way, great choice as always. Uh, Valiant doing such an amazing job. They keep wanting me to pick up more books. They keep trying to pry dollars from my wallet. Kudos to you, Valiant. Um, you might have another one. I might have to. I might have to get Bloodshot. 
Uh, I think that's not a bad choice. No. Be, be warned. <laughs> I mean, as you can tell, um, that once you start buying any of their books, I don't care what book you get into with Valiant right now, you want to get into all of them. Yeah. They they make it that. They really <laughs> do. Um, the universe is so interconnected, and it's not as huge and as expansive and as convoluted as Marvel and DC have kind of had their shaped over all that time since it's a new universe. I mean, they, they're starting out and hopefully they won't convolute it, but right. So what, what did you think was bloodshot? Not just a, a heart wrenching tale at times and just kind of a mind trip at others. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It was all that. It was, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, bloodshot is, is a character that is used to hunt, down it like like if you're familiar with X-Men just imagine that a corporation hires a big uh guy full of nanites running through his blood so he can repair himself uh within minutes sometimes um almost indestructible hunting down uh X-Men basically um and in this case for Valiant they're called Syots is that am I pronouncing that right yeah like Syots or so I can't yeah, yeah I, you're asking me, but yeah, people with special <laughs> sure. powers. <laughs> so uh, there's two major corporations, both of them evil, sort of trying to use these people with special powers for their uh, for their own purposes. I guess you've got Harada on one end, um, and those of you who read Harbinger are familiar with him. And then uh, remind me the the name of the other group again. It's eluding me. Now, you're talking about uh, – are you talking about Project Rising Spirit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So those are and kind of – in my mind, those are the two competing entities for people with special powers. Am I correct? There are a lot more entities, but the main two in between Harbinger and Bloodshot right now are the – yeah, you're, okay. you're right. so there's more. Yeah, there's – a bunch more. Archer and Armstrong gets into a lot of it. Wow. Okay. Um, and it's it's insane. Hmm. The, I, and I'm wondering how they're juggling this. Yeah. What what the meetings at Valiant might be like. Right. And what well, kind of crazy? <laughs> I it, did you ever see Dark City? No. There's a scene where this crazy guy in that movie has all of these notes all over his walls. And, like, I just picture Valiant's offices being like that. <laughs> like, where they're trying to interconnect and have all of these interconnecting plots through right. all their books. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's a bit frightening. Yeah. So, there you go. <laughs> but uh, at it's least. It's kind of beautiful, though. Yeah, beautiful. and they, yeah. they do it in a way where you don't have to pick up everything. It's just they make you want to. And that, that's the way I think it should be. Uh, they shouldn't force. No comic book company should force your hand to pick up books um, just so you can know what's going on. In this case, you just want to know more, so you naturally want to pick up more books. So yeah, there is some crossover going on with uh, Harbinger and Bloodshot. Uh, but I went reading through the trades, so I got through the first Bloodshot trade, the second, and then the third. I think the third was the one that crossed in with uh, Harbinger and... You're right. It, it's heart-wrenching in that there is some part of him that thinks he's human. They have implanted memories in him. Uh, if, if you can imagine Total Recall, 
how he thought his life with Sharon Stone was real. It's kind of the same thing with Bloodshot. He has many wives and many children uh, within his head that he thinks are real, and they are not. And he eventually, this eventually comes to light for him. And um, it's all part of the nanites that are in his blood, and uh, it's... It's very complicated. You really got to kind of read it to, to get it. But if you're familiar with Total Recall and you can understand that, I, I, I liken that to this book in some ways. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's a that's a really good uh, it's a really good movie to point to to try and get like someone's mind into what they might get into. Of uh, it it does have some mind twisting in it. Mm-hmm. O- overall, it's about a big a big awesome action. Action star hero type yeah. guy, but it's not just that. Like if you were to look at this book on the shelf, you'd be like, "Well, that's just going to be like the Punisher or something, right?" Yeah. Wrong. You know, there's it's so it's got a lot more. Now I'm not going to knock on the Punisher right now because it's we'll get into that maybe later. I don't know, but yeah. it's it's a lot deeper than what the I guess I would say the Punisher of old would have been. I don't know. Right. Um, and I'm talking pre Enos days. So, uh, yeah, I would say give it a shot. Don't just discount it as a uh, shoot 'em up. No, d- go go out and get the first trade. If if uh, if you find yourself liking the first trade, which I think you will, um, eventually you're gonna cross over and do some Harbinger stuff. So uh, you'll get a taste of of what Bloodshot I, what Bloodshot is, and not all of what he does is necessarily for the good. Um, he's connected to a corporation. <clears throat> Excuse me, that has him doing some pretty nasty stuff, and um, but that's what he's programmed to do. That's what they sort of have him mind tricked into doing. When he discovers this and uncovers this, he's he becomes more of a good guy, and that's when you really start to sort of connect with him, and you'll get to see a bunch of other uh, awesome characters uh, with special powers, and and it might make you want to pick up Harbinger, and then eventually you might want to pick up Archer and Armstrong, and. And here we go. So, but overall, I you know I give the storytelling and the art, um, you know, nines and and tens. I mean, this is fantastic. And even when you switched from, uh, uh, was it Straczynski to yeah. Christos Gage, it was pretty seamless. Uh, I think they both have a very solid take on what this character is supposed to be. I don't. I don't know if it was Straczynski. It's that other Schwarz. I can never say his name. Oh, right. I Schwarzinski, I believe. Yeah, it's the Dwayne Schwarzinski. Right. He worked on Iron Fist, I think, at a point too. This guy, and I really liked his stuff. Yeah, I, I um, think he's done some Birds of Prey as well. Um, I could be wrong on that, but yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with some of his stuff. Of course, we're familiar with Christos Gage um, from his. Uh, What's the book I'm thinking of? Avengers just, Academy. Yes, Avengers Academy. Yeah. And uh, he also did the Deadshot yep. uh, mini that we love so much. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> My mind is on straight today, I believe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I want to touch on that just briefly before I go into my swap with Harley Quinn Zero. Okay. Um, Harbinger that you, you let me borrow as well. Um, I got the two volumes, I believe, from you. Right. First two. And – I really, really liked him. I, I'm just going to say this. Um, it's by Joshua Dysert, uh, Phil Bryans, Barry Kitson, Leaguer, uh, and Pierre Perez is one of my favorite artists, periods these days. Mm-hmm. He does some work in Archer and Armstrong. I, I love what he does. Yeah. Um, I will 
I will equate this short and sweet. I really like it. It's not uh, it's not your mama's X Men. Yeah. Because it's it's very much what I think you would get if there were mutants. It wouldn't be some bald guy in a hover round <laughs> wheeling up to give these kids a school yeah. that's like that only private school people could afford. Right. No, no, you're gonna get you're gonna get this powerful the mo- the most powerful guy. He's gonna use you to do what he wants. Yeah. And if you don't do what he wants, he's the most powerful guy, and he's gonna do all kinds of messed up stuff. Yeah, definitely. And and I mean. It is uh, – it's definitely – the characterizations, they they really cut to the heart of uh, different types of personalities to go right. with different crazy power sets. And you definitely should pick these up. If you liked X-Men and were thinking, well, this is cool, but I'd like to see what would really happen. Yeah. If, like, we were just walking down the street and this guy could shoot lightning out of his fingers or something. Uh, yeah, pick it up. Yeah. And Definitely. see like um, a little guy floating around ripping people open and right. <laughs> okay, sorry. It's just um, yeah, a little more I, sinister, like maybe yeah. maybe heroes. But what I like about this is is that it, it's so real that you know um, you you've got real people in this. Not everybody is uh, a model. Not everybody is. Um, there you go. Yep. You know, it's it's real people with crazy sets of powers that are really confused as, as to where they're supposed to go or what they're supposed to do. So it's some real dementia too. Yeah. Some people have some like real head trauma, not, not the fact that, uh, I don't know, Scott got in a fight with Wolverine and now I'm sad or some, <laughs> um, it, real problems, real people just, you know, just yeah. what Matt's saying there. Yep. All right. So let's go on to Harley Quinn. Uh, I, I loaned you zero. We're now up to issue number two, which I have in my hands at the moment. And zero is a very different issue from, from the first two because how many artists did we have on that? Like Okay, 15? it's two ninety nine. <laughs> we have – I'm counting. I don't have my zero issue with me because I loaned it to you. You got like 18 artists. That's yeah. all. You know, about – Around 18 or so artists into one 299 um, <laughs> book, which makes all kinds of sense because it's all about this issue is like um, Harley basically deciding, oh, what if I, what if there was a comic written about me, right? And what kind of depraved artists would do it? <laughs> so she basically, in her mind, has tryouts, right? With all of the artists who actually chime in in here and kind of rip on each other at points. Yeah. And uh, they, they're they all trying their take at Harley Quinn. Right. And you end up with some pretty pretty fantastic, fantastical imagery because you're getting maybe a page from each person. You're getting yeah. – every artist is doing a page pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then you, you end up with some, uh, some big splashes by I think who's going to be the go-to guy. Was it Brad? Was it Brad or Chad Harden? Sorry. Yeah, Chad Harden winds up sort of yeah. taking the reins there. But um, yeah, and but, this is the brainchild of Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, and I'm sure most of you who read they comics, they're two cents in there. Yeah, yeah, there you should be familiar with them if you read comics. Um, they're I guess recently married. Congratulations to them, and it's cool to have kind of a married couple um, doing such a fun book. Yeah, that's insane. Um, uh, and I'm going to say this this was a very ambitious and kind of a cool thing to try. 
And I'm surprised Marvel hasn't tried to do this with Deadpool now to kind of rip it off. Yeah, really. Because it works with a psychotic person mm -hmm. with all of these things in their head. It's, <laughs> like, it's oh. funny you mentioned Deadpool. I mean, this is very much DC's Deadpool at the moment for me. And I think that all – it's weird to me because I was kind of a fan of uh, – you see Bruce Timm doing art in here. Right. Of the, uh, from the animated series where we all got to know Harley Quinn back in the day. Yeah. And that's the, the Harley I'm more – you know, she didn't have guns. She just had the Joker trope tools like a big mallet or yeah. you know, some boxing glove that came out. So it's weird for me to see her with guns at all. This is actually my first experience with that pretty much. Right. Um, you know. But I think it might have been needed. I don't, I'm not sure. In in the new 52, how it would have slid in, I'm not sure. I, I still – I'm just an old school guy, I guess, on some of it. I, I think there's a place for a Harley like this, and I think this kind of ties in with the, the video game, you know, kind of thing. I, I think they might have gone a little too far in sort of sexing her up and – but um, what I like about this title so far, and now that we're into issue two, I can safely say that even though she looks different, this is a little bit more of the same Harley uh, that we're used to. It's kind of a nice uh, uh, melding between the two. I still kind of miss the hat. The hat. I miss the crazy hat. Um, right. We still got the mallet going on, though, but we still do have guns. Um, I will say in issue two, we get a surprise appearance from... Poison Ivy. So, any of you that were fans of the uh, uh, Gotham City Sirens, yeah, Gotham City Sirens, will be happy to see um, her and Harley sort of rekindle um, that relationship that they had in that book. I was just gonna throw some more artist names out who do pages in here. Yeah, um, go for it. Some of my favorite: uh, Becky Cloonan, of course. Mm -hmm. Sam Keith shows up. <laughs> yeah. The Jim Lee page was hilarious. Yeah. Because they kind of ripped on Jim Lee. I, I, I thought, I was like, that's weird. Yeah. They were like, oh, he's getting royalties and all this and that, and this is a reprint anyway. <laughs> and I was like, oh. So uh, they had that going on. That Walter Sim Simonson was doing some stuff in there. Bruce Tim, of course. We had mentioned Darwin Cook. They had a lot. Art Baltazar, of course. Mm -hmm. um, lots of good just, hey, what's up? I, it's this awesome person, Charlie Aldred, <laughs> doing some stuff. I thought that was a really cool page. I I thought they were all good. Yeah, there was I, there were some that were a little weird, but they I thought overall they were all really good. Some yeah, some were definitely odd. I think I think Harden is a good choice in um, in issue two. I I can't remember if this happened in issue one, but because I'm looking into issue two. I'll mention that the art is by Chad Harden and a, a gentleman by the name of Stephane Rue, R-O-U-X. And I want to say that might be the same. It is. He does. He does. Here's a funny part about that. Okay. And I was, I meant to ask you, I'm glad you brought this up. Okay. They, uh, they brought it up in this issue that he was going to be a fill-in for issue two. Okay. She was like, about that. she said, I, she said something, uh, I can't, I can't see the page right now. I'm looking through, but she was like, she says something to the extent of he's really solid, but I'm not sure where to go with him. Maybe he'll do a fill in for us in issue two. Okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I thought that what, was pretty they, hilarious. In reading issue two, I can't, I can't tell where 
where one leaves off and the other starts. So that's a good thing. Similar styles then. Yeah, very similar. So is this a book that you would I mean obviously your poll list is 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 huge and this probably isn't gonna be a regular one, but is this something that you would pick up on trade eventually or I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Harley Quinn as okay. a character. Like I've not and it all goes back to me being like, Oh, the Joker doesn't need anybody. Uh, I loved <laughs> her in the animated series because in animation I thought she worked wonderfully. Right. I have never – she hasn't grown on me in the comics. However, that being said, I know lots of people who are fans of the character. Right. And as far as as far as far that goes, I couldn't recommend enough to jump into this right now. It seems like this is perhaps one of the most passionate times for this character. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a lot of folks – I mean this issue alone tells me that all of these artists, you know, they were like, yeah, sure, I would do a page for Harley – so that you know there's a lot of i guess creativity circling the book okay which would lead me to say hey it's a great time to if you're a harley fan to jump on in right if you're ever that's been someone that's like i don't know about the character but would like to it's also a time to jump on in okay if you're someone that's never been into the character then i don't think this is going to change your mind right so and that being said, I give the book, uh, you know, as far as the art in it, it's everybody did a wonderful job. So, I mean, it's hard to judge, like, on a grade of this, how do you grade the art? Everything yeah, <laughs> there's too much going on in it. But, yeah. like, there was a lot going on. I, I'm i just going to give this because there, I, there's not – the big story here was picking an artist. There wasn't really – Right. And it kind of leads in to where they're going at the end of it. Right, but you know, overall, I I give it an A for ambition. I don't want to give it a number, <laughs> right. but I think it's something that everyone should check out because it was very ambitious. It was a neat concept, right? And I I appreciate that. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it's ambitious concept. Uh, I can tell you now that they're into issue two. That um, it's just it's become just a fun book, um, much like a Deadpool book would be. Uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And so if you like Harley Quinn, of course you're going to like this. Uh, the art's great. The story's interesting and something different. And like most books that I like from DC now, it, it kind of pulls itself out of that universe and and takes you somewhere else so you don't have to worry about everything that's going on in DC. And by the way, that, that Stephane – I hope I'm saying his name right – Stephane Rue – this was as I suspected. I always thought it was Stephanie. I never like read slowly enough to realize it was Stephane. Um, but there's <laughs> I understand a, that. There's a Z- Zatanna book before the new 52 that was excellent. Um, and the first trade on that was done by him. So if you enjoyed the art on that like I did, um, he did some work with Zatanna. Also, for you and I, um, apparently he did the cover for the trade paperback of Secret Six Unhinged. Oh wow! I'll nice. go back and check that out. But yeah, so he's a he's a cover artist, but he's also a penciler. Um, he hasn't done a ton of work, but perfect villain artist for this book. As the book has gone on, it's been a pretty solid eight for me uh, with with story and and art. So just a fun book. Nice. All right. All right, well, we promised to talk about Manifest Destiny, 
and because we are about 20 minutes away from ending the show let's talk a little bit about this book um because we're up to issue three four hasn't come out yet has it no four has not dropped yet okay and as we've mentioned before uh, neil introduced me to matt roberts um he's uh matthew roberts i don't know what he prefers to be called it's matthew roberts on the cover and um he's a local talent uh, from roanoke virginia this book is written by chris dingus uh beautiful colors by owen gianni i hope i'm saying that right i'm probably not i think uh, yeah that's how i'd say it we'll have to ask matt which Um, makes it maybe not right at all yeah (laughs) (laughs) but this is an image skybound book dude apparently this thing has like been flying off the shelves so i'm very happy uh for matthew um i talked to uh, Steven Sparks just a little bit through Twitter who I used to do uh, some podcasting with and uh, he mentioned that um, the first issue was very very difficult to find so that's uh, that's kind of insane I I mean overall I'm gonna say what how would you um, how would you pitch this to someone I'll, I'll get your take and then I'll okay I, I mean it's to me it's it's Lo- Lois and Clark uh kind of meets walking dead kind of meets uh i don't i don't know it's kind of its own thing it's there's some... would you say, say x files maybe even yeah yeah like back in the day i guess <laughs> because now that we're to issue three i mean there's some zombie-esque type stuff going on here but that's very different from from what happened in the first two issue with the uh, sort of buffalo hybrid people uh it's so it's it's sort of a retelling of of the lois and clark uh, adventure story and for those of you who aren't aware um, you know this was uh, back during Thomas I think Thomas Jefferson's presidency um, he sent Lois and Clark to check out uh, I want to say the Louisiana Purchase um, which we purchased from the French and um, we weren't quite sure what was out there so he sent Lois and Clark to kind of go out there and figure out uh you know what sort of plant life was there what sort of animal life what sort of natives we might encounter am i correct or totally talking off the top of my head that sounds right to me (laughs) that all sounds like it lines up in my mind but i just recently went to visit thomas jefferson's house so um and they mentioned lois and clark and i immediately thought about this book it's almost (laughs) to me as from a gamer standpoint it's like okay what if lewis and clark ended up like in a realm that was like maybe ran by a dm right it's like dungeons and dragons meets lewis and clark yeah because they show up and there's all manner of adventures and creatures and just things that they are up against yeah um things that just of course haven't made it into our history books and i'm i'm thinking by the end of this there'll be a reason for that right if there's an end to this i i really haven't I think I might have asked him at one point whether there was an end game to this or not. Mm-hmm. Um, like if it started, uh, if if Dingus had an end in mind. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see if there is one, why, like how he, uh, you know, dispels like, oh, well, that's, of course, it wasn't heard of because this happened or whatever. <laughs> because <laughs> it's honestly like, I, I'm... It's one of those that I'm very excited for each issue because I feel like there's always going to be something uh, just 
outlandish. Like there's yeah. going to be something new each issue. You know, I'm. It really gives it. It. It's very good at what it's trying to do, and what it's trying to do is give you that sense of exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, put you there with Lewis and Clark being out there and going well what the heck's going to crop up next yeah you know it's going to be something yeah but but what is it going to be this time and um i i tell you just uh knowing matt and uh he has a great creative mind and talking with him and and talking to him a little bit about the the other guys on the book i would not trade this book for anything um you know it's up there with my mouse guards it's up there with my turtles it's up there with whatever Jason Aaron's putting down. Right. Uh, I, I really, really like it. Yeah. And yeah, it's not, is... it's not just because he's homegrown. It's just because well, he's the guy that I get the to talk to or maybe hang out with once in a blue moon. Yeah. It's, the it's very much. I mean, the art that's in this book, the colors that are in this book, and the story that it's telling. You, you don't find this caliber. Almost anywhere in no. almost any stable for me at least. It it all comes together very nicely, and I I I think we're gonna we might see some awards out of this. I don't know for sure, um, but it's it's not just like some. I I was afraid when this came out that it would just be, uh, you know, another image title. But it's it's being talked about like no no you you got to pick this up. This is like an amazing image title. You know what I mean? Because they they come out with a lot of different stuff. Um, but this is definitely one of their uh, top tier books, in my opinion. And it's different. Yeah. I mean, I look at it, and I don't know of anything I can outright compare it to. No. It's it's uh, okay as far as genre. It's fictional history. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess uh, it's hard to place it. Yeah. And I I don't even could you imagine like a show on this like. That that's what I'm seeing. I can definitely see this turning into a television show. That'd be awesome. Oh, um, and a little. I did not know this, but we. I think uh, we both maybe discovered this talking to Matt. Uh, that Chris Dingus is also he's famous for uh, uh, writing the American version of. Uh, is it Being Human? Yeah, I think yeah. that's the the name of it. Yeah. For the uh, the werewolf vampire ghost story, I've actually watched the BBC version and really enjoyed it. Hmm. Um, but I have trouble going in between BBC and American myself. So I haven't really tried the American version. Yeah. I just because it's, it's so different. It's a little jarring, but I've, I've got folks that really dig the American version. They didn't get hooked on the, uh, the BBC. Right. So I, I tell you this guy, if he's already got his fingers in television, if this book does well enough, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I definitely, this, this is something that would be very easy to do for television because um, look at Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, that is very much um, them messing with history, talking about how George Washington had, you know, and and Jefferson and all the, these, all of these folks had the secret society to prevent the. It's yeah. very much that I guess I could I could compare it to that. Yeah, and to that respect, but this. These guys, it's all from their head. Like, they didn't take away – they pride themselves on not taking away from anything. If there's anything that even seems remotely taken away, it's coincidence. Right. Because – and talking with them, they, they pride themselves on originality. They yeah. they go through pains to make things original, these guys. Right. Of just having this come out of their own 
dark corners, recesses of their mind. And uh, it's, I, I can't compare it to much. I mean, that's just me. Yeah. And there, there's a page in, in, in each one of these, um, like in this, this third issue here, I don't know if you have it near you, but um, you'll probably remember it. It's page seven, I believe. Um, and a little bit spoilerish here. Um, there's sort of a an epidemic going on, and this creature is basically vomiting out sort of this green plant life algae on the character. Do you know what page I'm talking about? I am looking. Yep. There you go. There's yeah, just buddy. there's some pages that just wow you, and uh, every issue you're gonna get one or two pages where you're just like, oh my gosh, I I wish this was a poster. Um, and, and I'm really glad that they decided to do colors with this because um, I, I think I think this lends itself well to colors. The chemistry is amazing. Uh, and that's the thing. Like, I think originally uh, Matt was really hoping for black and white. Right. And once he got together with Owen here, I don't think there was ever any question right. of, oh, my gosh, this looks beautiful. I, that, that's... It just, I think it takes the right team up, you know, you don't, yeah. it's almost like um, someone driving your car. You're not going to trust anyone to drive your car. Right. You know, just trust anyone to color your work. Well, the inks. But, but this guy does so amazing, yeah. They're very, um, they're sometimes, sometimes they look very washed to me, but, um, and that's a good thing because you get to see Matt's lines, um, which are great. Um, I love the flashback sequences that are sort of, they're not black and white, but they're sort of like beige and white. Oh, yeah, I love that. For the the flashbacks. I also really like that Chris Dingus has made you, uh, made Lois and Clark very distinguishable characters. And even some of the men you have uh, going along for the ride, he's got some people in there that, um, and I guess this is being a television writer, you know, you you write certain characters like okay well this guy's going to be a total jerk and nobody's going to like him you know and this this guy is going to be the strong leader type and this guy's going to going to kind of be the guy in the middle and so uh right off the bat um you got strong characterization and like neil said um you might read the first issue and think you know what's going to you think you're going to know what's going to happen in the second issue but i promise you you won't because there's they're throwing some crazy concepts out at you right away. Yeah. I, <laughs> yes. I will just say yes to yes. all of that. <laughs> Do all of that. I, 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 love the, I love the designs. Mm-hmm. I know that as far as Matt goes, he went and he actually looked at some historical – like he bought books yeah. to look at historical wear and whatnot. Right. And uh, he's, he's, he's frightening me a little bit. <laughs> because of if you look at how detailed he gets with even some of the buttons on these yeah. guys. Yeah. And I'm worried about his sanity. <laughs> but that was always the case, I think. Um it's a beautiful it's a like, beautiful madness. That's yes. what, that's how this book is a beautiful madness. That's my review. You know, and there's something to be said for for not stretching an artist out too much. I mean, certainly Matt could write uh could draw um for anybody. Um, it's nice that he's able to concentrate sort of on this one book right now. I certainly, I certainly feel that he will get a ton of more work uh, from this book. But um, it's nice that he can spend so much time on this book because it is it is a beautiful book so far. 
yeah, I'm in, I'm enjoying this this era, yeah. and I'm hoping that it never never changes. I I'm a big sucker, and I think a lot of people are not just, and I know you are. We've talked of having the same team yeah. managing a book like for at least a hundred issues, right? Or you know, or even thirty, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is unheard of anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I mean, if I'm gonna score this, uh, this is a near perfect book for me. Um, you know, it, it's it's as close to a ten as you're gonna get. Um, every issue that comes out, I enjoy. I'm excited for, and um, this is my first image book in a while, and I like it a lot. Yeah, I I I made a I posted a little something on our Facebook about how I thought. This is perhaps the best image has ever been to me. Yeah. Like this is they've been good at times, but they had and this this is one of those titles that's pushing that, but things like Deadly Class, which uh stash my comics, awesome folks helping us host here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they reviewed it, I reviewed it. We they were nines on it. I saw I was at tens on it. Wow. I agree on that. Um so basically I on this book, I I, I want to say 11s because I know that uh, Matt's a fan of Spinal Tap. Right. We're all fans <laughs> of Spinal Tap. You know, we took it to 11 on this because there's just <laughs> a passion that goes into it, I believe, that these yeah. guys show so well. So yeah. I, I, just it's a fantastic – I think Image is going to be – this is the year of Image, if not years of Image. Right. Um, as the indie continues to push with the heart. Yeah. You know, and not – not so much just flooding the market. Yeah, and, and, and images has always been weird for me. There's there's been some things that they have done that have amazed me, and then there's been some other things that I've you know a certain language and, and nudity and things like that. I just I don't need or want in my comics. And I think when image does some of that, it turns me off a little bit. Just just that's just my like opinion. Um, so it's nice to have a book like this that. That I mean, it's a little gory, but it's not offensive in any way. The language isn't um, anything that's anything beyond like PG thirteen. Um, you know, I, I think they don't always need to go the shock value, you know, to draw people in. Um, I've read some saga and I've enjoyed some of that. I know that's one of their number one books, but there have been certain things in that book that I've been just like, you know, we don't need to go that far, you know, to tell a great story. I uh, actually had a buddy. Who, uh, good friend, he just dropped off. He, he gave me his presents, the first two volumes of that recently. I haven't read them yet. And of Saga. Right. And I don't, I'm not sure what I'm in for. Because it's not, it's not something that when I've heard tell about it and everything, it's not something I've wanted to jump towards. Right. But I'm almost, it's almost like, uh, it's pretty exciting in that regard because I'm like, well, will it change my mind after having read it? <laughs> No, I think you're really going to like it, and I liked it too, but there were just, you know, I I consider myself semi-conservative. I'm not, like, a prude by any means. I will watch a, an, a, an R-rated film, but I don't know. There, there seems to be certain things that sometimes are put in comics just to get people to pick up the issue and go, oh, my gosh, this happened in it. You know what I mean? Um, and I think this is a strong enough book that it doesn't need – to pander to that type of uh, right, know, shock it, it carries the whole thing on its own merit. Exactly, like it doesn't have yeah. I the, got and you. the parts where that doesn't come in are um, 
where the shock stuff doesn't come in are are great parts and uh yeah it's just like with anything um it's all a matter of taste and opinion um some people aren't bothered by that type of stuff i tend to shy away from stuff that includes too much of that in it for my taste if i yeah if i feel like it's just it's just throwing it in there to try and use it as a crutch right i that's when i'm like uh okay man yeah or if it's someone just like well they're obviously drunk or high riding this. Right. <laughs> they're having their fun, but this is no fun for me. Um, you know, it's it's all back to, you know, the Alan Moore, Grant Morrison. Um, yes, they've had amazing stuff that I've loved, and then suddenly I've gone on their trip. Right. Which was no fun at all. Right. <laughs> and, uh, it, I yeah, I shy away from that as well. Yeah. But that's just, you know, that's just our personal taste. Obviously, Saga's doing very well. And like I said, I, th- I think you'll enjoy it. I think I think. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it. You know, I, I'm definitely gonna you know check it out. My buddy was awesome enough to. I I'm happy he did this because honestly, I don't know if I would have tried it. I would have had people talking to me about this all the time and still not known. Right. But now at least I can see for myself. Yeah. And heck, who knows? I might love it. Who knows? I yeah. don't know yet. So. Yep. Give it a shot, be. especially if somebody's just gonna loan it to you. I mean, why not? Well, no, he bought them for me. Oh, like nice. he totally gifted me those. So I'm like, of course, I'm gonna definitely check those oh, yeah. out. Sure. And uh, peruse over them and see, you know, objectively how they hit me. And yeah. I, hopefully, I'm not subscribed to another book monthly, but we'll see. <laughs> um, we'll see. Uh, yeah. That being said, um, what are we on time right now? Well, we're, we got just a few minutes left. Is there anything else you wanted to to throw in there? Anything else? maybe new that you've been digging and picking up uh new definitely deadly class deadly class has been amazing lobster johnson is at a very good point Mm -hmm. of maybe picking it up and catching up to that they're in a really good arc that i feel like is it's dark knight Mm -hmm. arc because the lobster's kind of going to be i think more actively pursued by good guys and bad guys at this point right and it's if you're a fan of uh, old pulp action and heroy, you know, phantomy type stuff, it's a lot of fun. Hmm. Or just weird monsters, or weird wrestlers, even for that <laughs> issue that just came hmm. out. But uh, that's really good stuff. BPRD's like on fire right now. Any of the Minolaverse stuff right now has been. Uh, Thor, the latest issue of Thor from Jason Aaron, actually evoked real emotion from me hmm. um so did the latest issue of turtles okay and that's that's uh when comics can do that yeah it says a lot oh yeah so i would i would say jason aaron's a crazy man and the turtles crew's always killing it cool what are you into like besides what we've talked well uh i think maybe next episode we should touch on uh justice league 3000 uh, oh yeah. There's something about this book that I'm really enjoying. I and I can't it's hard for me to get a grasp on exactly what it is, but I just finished the, issue number 2. The book that I hate to love, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> and then from Valiant again, uh, Eternal Warrior has gone in a very odd direction. Um they've gone like way into the future, but uh loving that. That's a, a great pack book, so you know you're always in for something crazy. <sighs> so want to pick that up. Well, I'll loan it to you. Maybe we'll do that for our next swap. All right. 
first Sounds five good. Issues. All right. Well, we'd like to thank again stashmycomics.com. Um, go check the site out. Join the forums. Wonderful people there. Heck, if you want to do your own review, maybe you're passionate about some book, guess what? You can sign up and put your own review up there. It's pretty awesome to have a voice like that. We thank you for supporting us um, and listening to us and being patient with us. The holiday season kind of caught us off guard, but I think we're, we're going to be getting back on track here. I'm trying to, yes. Thank you all very much. Yep, and obviously uh, bndcomics.com, our local comic book shop. Um, support your local comic book shop because we want those folks to stay in business. Uh, we want to keep reading comics. If you, even if you buy them digitally, get in through the program and, and support your store that way too. It's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Read comics. The cabin. Be happy. Be good to each other. Be kind to each other. And hopefully we will see you next week or within the next two weeks. Uh, we should be able to come up with another episode here. Yes. All right. Y'all have a good night or morning or whatever. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>